Hi. Good morning. How are you? Here's Brenda Shoshana. I'm back again with another episode of our podcast, Zen Wisdom for Your Everyday Life. Not mine, yours. <laughs> mine too, of course, but each of us. This is for each of us. And each of our lives is different. It's unique. It's, it has different questions, different demands upon us. On the one hand, we're all, of course, connected. We're one. There's that bond. On the other hand, we do have our uniqueness, which is to be cherished as well and expressed and valued. It's not about, Zen is not about plugging yourself into some kind of a system and joining the gang. It's actually about really deeply, deeply expressing, connecting with, and knowing your own being along with others together. Very beautiful. Like in the garden, there are all kinds of flowers, roses, tulips, chrysanthemums. Each one blooms in its own way. And we too, we all bloom in our own way. Anyway, for today, the title of our podcast is a very fundamental quote from, from morning service, from something that we study and say all the time from one of the great teachers, which is, Praise and blame. Away with them once and for all. Away with them. Wow, that's such a powerful and succinct statement. Praise and blame. Away with them. Let's let that go for now. Let's let that go once and for all. And why is this so fundamental to the teachings in Zen? And what does it really mean? What does it really imply for your life? Very important question. Because most of our lives, much of our lives at least, are run, they're just run by our hunger for praise and by our fear of being blamed, being wrong, being punished. Oh my goodness. So we'll do anything to be praised, to be glorified maybe. That's a strong word, but... That's true for many of us, to be lifted up, to be noticed, to be praised. And in this way, we feel, oh, good, I've done something that's good, I've done something that's right, I've done something that's worthwhile. When we receive the praise and the acclamation of others, that's a very dangerous position to be in from the point of view of Zen practice. Let me talk a little more about it in a moment. Let's also talk about blame, because that's another, the opposite of praise, two sides of the same hand, and it's a force that we will do anything not to be blamed, censured, because we take it in and we believe it and we think, oh my goodness, I'm bad, I've done something wrong, I'm not worthwhile, whatever. And by the way, we also blame ourselves intensely very, very, very destructive process. I'm not saying not to correct errors. Certainly that's important. And when we sit, we can easily see our errors and we correct them or they become naturally corrected in the process of zazen. But blame is something else. And I'm not saying not to be happy or to be fulfilled 
by behavior or by moments that are very beneficial for ourselves and others. That's not the same as praise, which comes from others, and blame, which also comes from others. And Sartre actually has said, hell is to live through the eyes of others, is to know ourselves <coughs> through the eyes of others. What a powerful quote. I'll, I'll repeat that slowly. <coughs> Excuse me. Hell is to know oneself, to have one's identity through the eyes of others. So if someone praises us, in their eyes we're wonderful, and we that's who we are then. If that same person later blames us or censures us, well, then that's who we are. So we don't have an identity. We don't have a beingness. <clears throat> we fluctuate depending upon how others see us and view us and how they happen to be reacting to us today. Actually, <clears throat> their blame of us could have nothing to do with us. Maybe they feel sick today. Maybe they have an upset stomach. Maybe they had a bad dream the night before. And then we appear in their world and boom, <clears throat> they project it onto us. Blame. So when our lives are dominated by the hunger for praise and the fear of blame, running away from blame, trying to apologize for it morning, noon, and night, not undertaking projects we might want to undertake because fear of blame, we're not good, we're bad, whatever. When these two forces dominate our actions, which they often do, they also erode all of our relationships. Our relationships become something else. They're there to lift us up and to protect us, perhaps, from blame. Uh, the relationship is not, in my sense, what I would call a true relationship. It's a relationship of convenience. We're kind of using another person to either make us feel good about ourselves or to protect us from the opposite. Rather than enjoy the simple pleasure of honesty, and that is a great pleasure, naturalness, spontaneity, simplicity, just being with another person as we are, rather than enjoy that, we become imprisoned by our need to be approved of and not thought ill of. When others start to blame us, as I said before, often we join them and we tear ourselves down or we stop what we're doing. We just stop cold. I've heard over the years many people say to me, I start something, I'm so happy, I'm so excited, and boom, I stop cold. Why? That's the fear of blame arising or self-blame arising or it's the hunger for praise, which is the other side of the fear of blame arising. Will this be good enough? Will I make the grade? Danger, danger. We put an end to what we're doing sometimes simply because it doesn't fit into someone else's agenda. Wow. Wow. Someone may not like what we're doing. They may not perceive the whole picture. They may it not maybe not be congruent for their life. Okay. But what about your life? 
The hunger for praise and fear of blame set up an agenda for all our actions. It's like a railroad track. They keep us going right along that track. And there is so much we dare not to explore. We're scared as we fear the censure of others. You know, when we're little, when we're born, you look at beautiful little babies. I'm very blessed to have some beautiful little grandchildren. You look at them, they play, they're curious, they're excited. A simple thing happens and their eyes open wide. A block rolls around on the floor. They can't get over it. They're so filled with wonder and curiosity, natural curiosity, natural excitement and, and delight at being alive and at exploring this really amazing world that we live in. But as we grow older, we become socialized, and we are very into being approved of or needing that, that, that praise. Our curiosity, our excitement, our wonder slowly, slowly goes undercover. I won't say it ebbs away because it doesn't ever ebb away. It's there, <laughs> waiting to be renewed. It's there in every single one of us. It's who we are, that wonder, that excitement, that, that, that love of life, that love of exploration, the curiosity. So when we look closely, it's easy to see that when we're hungering for praise, or we're fearing blame, we're not protecting ourselves as we think we are. We're actually doing the opposite. We're limiting ourselves greatly. So how can we grow in this way? How can we try new things or speak our truth or make inevitable mistakes? That's an all other topic which is really interwoven with this Oh my goodness, I may make a mistake, and then of course I won't be praised, I'll be blamed, on and on and on. Such a fear of making mistakes, because that's all woven into this. But I have to say this, and this is not what I'm saying, I'm just sharing what my Zen practice has taught me, what I've learned sitting on the cushion for many, many years. Mistakes are not bad. They are our friend. In fact, why call it a mistake? Who calls it a mistake? Who labels an action a mistake? It's just something we did, and we have a consequence from what we did. Something We did something, something happened. We didn't get the outcome we wanted, so we beat ourselves up. We call it a mistake, but mistakes are our friend. How are they our friend? We learn from mistakes. We discover new territories. These children would never learn to walk if, if they don't fall down again and again and again. They get up and they fall down and they laugh. How wonderful. I was watching a little one do that the other day. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is pure Zen practice. Did he get up, wobbly around, fell down again, giggled? That was fun. And got up and tried again. And sooner or later, the balance comes and the child walks. But they have to fall down many times before they get the balance and the ability to walk. And there's nothing wrong with it. And we, too, fall down many times, inevitably. And it's fine. It's part of the practice of getting our balance, knowing where we belong, growing, learning. If we're not gripped, and I mean gripped, <laughs> by the hunger for praise and the fear of blame, 
it's fine. We can try new things. We can get up and we can fall down again. We are not stuck in one spot for a very long time. If you can't get up and make a mistake and fall down and have people laugh at you and you laugh, maybe you can laugh too. It's funny. You fell down. It doesn't mean anything about who you are, that there's something wrong with you. You just fell down. So what? If we don't become able to do this, then we end up being stuck in one spot, unmovable, or in one relationship that might not be healthy, or in one world that might not be right for you now. We can stay stuck in that for a very long time. So, <laughs> how do we escape this? Or how do we, maybe escape is the wrong word here, how do we work our way out of this hunger for praise and this fear of blame? Well, we've just started. So to begin with, it's tremendously liberating to see, just to notice, the enormous effect praise and blame have on your life. Noticing it, becoming aware of it. Wow, that begins to put an end to its running you unconsciously. That's what we do on the cushion. We sit there and we become aware. Oh, wow, I didn't know that. We can't run away. We don't move. We don't try to change anything. We sit and we become aware of what's what. It can be a little alarming sometimes what we're aware of, but then once we're aware of it, it, it changes. It transforms. We all, another way to begin to work through this snare, so-called, is to see that, that praise and blame are not beneficial to you. They're not. We think they're good. They're not. They cripple and distort you and the quality of your life. Living for praise. So we then give up. What do we give up? What price do we pay for that? Wow. What would you do? <laughs> Here's a little part of the exercise. Now, what would you do if you weren't living with a great hunger for praise from others or fear of being blamed by others? What would you try? What would you undertake? Who would you be? Who are you now? Also, this is part of a wonderful part of the exercise as we talk about praise and blame. Take a look at how it works in your relationships. My goodness, all pervasive there, all pervasive. So many of us are even afraid to enter a deeper or a more sustained relationship because we're just afraid that the praise, the love, the kindness will turn to blame, will turn to disappointment, will turn to something sour or unhappy. They're afraid of it. They're so afraid of that negative blaming mind. So if you, to begin with, just let's see the huge effect this has in your relationships. That's not a relationship, having someone there just to keep propping up your ego or your sense of your sense of yourself. That's not really a relationship. That's two people using each other to feel good. 
there is another way to be in relationship or to have a relationship. And I'm going to go into that a great deal more very shortly because it's so important. So just take a look at your relationships and when you see yourself blaming someone or blaming yourself, you are also someone, just stop it. Stop it cold. Stop blaming them. Notice it and say, no more blame. No more blame. Away with it once and for all. And when you see yourself hungering for that praise and you're not getting it, notice it. Just notice. Let's start with really noticing this. And notice the effect it has upon you. And maybe you might say no more praise once and for all. We become addicted to praise and we become addicted to the fear of blame. So let's try it that way for now. Oh, I have more to say, but it's getting to be a bit late now. It's a long talk today. I want to thank you for listening. Thank you, thank you, thank you for so many really wonderful, fun emails. I love hearing from all of you. I really do. And um, this Sunday morning, I will be out at Malloy College at 8.30 in the morning till 10. We have our Zen meeting. I'll offer a Zen talk. And then for those who could stay an extra hour, I'm going to be offering a really fun workshop called Zen Play, where we're going to act out the koans, really take the different roles and all the parts of the koans, and then have a wonderful discussion about it. It's, it's a process I've been doing a bit here, and I really love it because we get a chance to fully embody all these different roles in these wonderful stories and look at it from so many, through so many different eyes and points of view. So um, if you're interested in joining us, if you're out on Long Island, send me an email. It's top, T-O-P speaker at yahoo.com. It's at 1000 Hempstead Avenue and Helenberg Hall. This is a beautiful, wonderful Zen group, which I recommend to everyone to join in. Okay, thank you again for, for being here today and for listening and for responding. And I really, today's exercises, today's talk can hit the spot. So take it in and see what you can do with it and let me know. Have a great day. See you next week.